You're listening to The PaveCast, a podcast from Partners for Automated Vehicle Education to illuminate the world of AV technology. Learn about PAVE and its mission by visiting www.pavecampaign.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of The PaveCast. My name is Adam Howell, and I'm the Director of External Affairs with Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. So we have a really great episode today where we are going to get into a very important topic on something that's really critical for AV technology to sort of reach that next level and reach new heights. Um, When you look at the evolution of automated vehicle technology, it's continuing to grow by leaps and bounds. AV technology is, is so diverse, it's complex, it's constantly changing. And for all the promises that sort of an, onto- an autonomous vehicle future holds for the benefits with regards to safety, efficiency, and mobility, we have to have ways to ensure that the technology is operating how it should. Having a clear window into AV operations is critical for both the safety of the technology and building public trust. So today we have PAVE member Applied Intuition. They are a company on a mission to ensure that those who are developing AV technology have the tools they need to do it correctly, efficient, efficiently, and with a high degree of fidelity. Um, to advance this important goal, Applied Intuition has recently published a handbook titled Verification and Validation at Different Stages of ADOS and ADS Development. And here to walk us through the work of Applied Intuition and this great new resource is Sunmin Kim, who's the Director of Public Policy at Applied Intuition, and Kenny Hong, the Product Manager at Applied Intuition, who leads the development of the company's verification and validation product suite. Uh, Sunmin, Kenny, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us, Adam. Thank you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your own background and why you're interested in the work you're doing? Sure, I can go first. So my name is Kenny Hong. I'm the product manager at Applied Intuition for verification and validation tools. Uh, That means I work closely with a lot of our customers and industry stakeholders on BNV strategy, how to do it, and then ultimately what products should be built to help them bring their systems to market as safely and quickly as possible. Um, I've always been excited about deep technologies. I have strong conviction that Solving the hardest technical problems like robotics and autonomous vehicles are really going to bring about the solutions that really move the needle for society. I got my bachelor's in computer science and master's in robotics from the University of Pennsylvania. And I was previously on the product team at Waymo, which is the subsidiary for Alphabet for level four autonomous trucking rubber taxis, where I worked on the simulation and evaluation side of things. And I'm Sunman Kim. I direct public policy efforts within applied intuition. And that basically means that I'm engaging with policymakers, both internationally and domestically, to ensure that they have access to and the right policy framework to robustly test and safely deploy AVs. Um, I have a background in bioengineering from Cornell University and then uh, mechanical engineering from University of Michigan. I dropped out of my mechanical engineering PhD, um, so I got a free master's out of it. Um, but I, I dropped out to go into journalism. Um, I was a tech editor at the Economist Intelligence Unit, which is the research arm of the Economist magazine. Uh, and then I went to Hill, where I did tech policy for U.S. Senator Brian Schatz. And most recently, I left the Department of Defense, where I was the chief of policy at the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, which is now known as the Chief Digital and AI Office. 
Um, I've been passionate about tech policy uh, for for all of my career, really. Um, I was always interested in sort of the societal implications of tech, um, which is why I dropped out of my PhD. Um, And it's been really exciting to see tech policy sort of emerge as a field on its own. Um, Even when I first joined government six years ago, there were probably less than 10 of us um, working on the Hill with with technical experience. Um, But now there are, I think, a few dozen um, I joined the private sector. I joined Applied Intuition about five months ago um, to learn how to do, do change from the outside, uh, from, from industry. Um, but I think more importantly, uh, to get closer to product, because um, as I'll go into a little bit later, uh, the, the science of TNE and VMB for autonomous systems have really evolved even since uh, I left grad school. Um, so I think it's important for policymakers uh, to understand this evolution and make sure that um, they they know the both the science but also the tools that are available uh, to safely deploy autonomous systems. Wow, amazing backgrounds! I'm really glad you both are here to sort of sort of navigate us through these uh, these waters because it is a it is a complex evolution of the technology and the industry over time. This is great. Thank you so much. Um, so can you expand a little bit more about the, the work of Applied Intuition itself as a company? Yeah, so Applied Intuition, we're a late start stage startup. We've been around for about five years. Uh, we've raised uh, over $300 million uh, in investments um, over the past five years. Uh, we're 300, around 300 employees now. We're spread all around the world Um the headquarters are in Mountain View, which is where Kenny and I are right now. We also have an office in DC, which is where I'm normally based in. Uh, got offices also Detroit, LA, uh, in the States, and then Munich, Stockholm, Seoul, and Tokyo. Hopefully I'm not forgetting any offices. Um, and we currently work with 17 out of the top 20 global OEMs. Um, and we work with them by supporting AV development and testing. Um, and it's important to remember that we're really a tools and infrastructure company. So if you think about software, sort of the history of software in the past two decades and the growth of web and mobile applications that that everyone uses today, there were companies who built the infrastructure. Um, so for instance, the rails to make the web and mobile applications easier to develop. And we want to do that for the auto industry as well. Um, so you're not going to see, you know, AVs being tested on the road with applied intuition stickers on them. Um, but there's a very good chance that, you know, we helped that OEM actually develop and test uh, the actual autonomous software inside. You know your uh, your company's in a good place when you might uh, you might be worried that you're forgetting an office somewhere. It's always yeah. a, that's always a good <laughs> sign, right? So you know the topic of today's episode uh, verification and validation. A lot of people may not be familiar with with that process or even that term. Can you can you go into a little bit about what that is um, and why you work on it? Certainly. So if we break down each of those two terms, verification is referring to checking to see if your product is meeting that set of core design specifications. So, you know, typically this is checking to see if you're compliant with any requirements or regulations and ultimately answering the question, did you build the system right? Validation, on the other hand, is related and it's more about seeing if the product meets the end needs of customers and stakeholders. So did you build the right system? And what that really comes down to is answering, you know, how ready is your system 
to go out onto public roads or wherever you're trying to deploy in. And at Applied, we take a lot of pride in partnering with our customers with answering these questions. Uh, one example is our partnership with Torque Robotics, a leader in the L4 uh, self-driving trucking space. Our partnership began back in 2020. You know, COVID had just hit and it had halted all on-road testing. And through the use of our simulation and you know data tools, the team at Torque was able to continue advancing its autonomous driving capabilities. And so, you know, by testing the readiness of their new features and capabilities on hundreds of thousands of different scenarios in a virtual environment, uh, the safety and performance of their system will you know, hopefully be already validated by the time the autonomous truck reaches public roads. And today, Torx test trucks are already running daily routes on public roads in, in multiple states. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, I feel like we're in this really unique time when it comes to AV technology. It's sort of that ledge to where we're tr we're we're inching towards AV uh, becoming more like L three L four, becoming more autonomous, and the process of verification and validation seem to be really critical to bridging that gap, so to speak. So, why have you published a handbook on verification and validation? Yeah, so as we've worked with all the different stakeholders in the ecosystem, what we found is the core problem is unlike pretty simple systems like, for instance, a dishwasher, where it's you know pretty easy to test and check that it works well, autonomous systems are complex hardware, software, machine learning-based systems with a boundless operating space to test against to ensure that the system is sufficiently safe. And so with the handbook, we really had two goals. The first is helping programs establish their safety frameworks, which is really supposed to be outlining what are the core safety principles and tenets that will be used to build trust among regulators and the general public that the system is validated and minimizes risk to an acceptable level. This isn't easy, of course, because you know, first, the laws and standards out there are still evolving, and nobody is really giving autonomy programs what is that comprehensive checklist of what to do and what safe enough even means. And so, you know, we outline the six core principles from functional safety to safety governance and culture that every autonomy program uh, should adopt as part of their respective safety frameworks. The second goal is to help programs implement comprehensive VNV processes. So what are the robust set of best practices that you need to embrace as an organization to validate a safe product in a reasonable time span? So really thinking about how do you actually go about and build and validate that safe and performant product. And what we found, especially with you know, more of the, the uh, customers who are in the earlier stages of their journey, is that the technical, you know, what should I do, isn't exactly common knowledge. And so what we wanted to do is write that how-to guide for autonomy programs for how do you do VNV well. And so, in fact, part two of the handbook covers 13 best practice guides on how do you write tests, you know, how do you analyze results, how do you define requirements and everything that you need to do as a BNV uh, program? 
Why is applied intuition well positioned to provide this particular handbook on the verification validation process? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great resources and literature out there, but you know, this is where we you know took a look and really wanted to leverage our unique position in the automotive industry, where you know, hey, we're, we see the policy and the regulatory side, we see the standardization side. We also work with many of the top autonomy programs across numerous verticals, all in different stages of their life cycle. And so it's really that unique perspective that is lending itself to, you know, what are the most important, you know, nuts and bolts that will help every program, you know, take a more pragmatic approach to verification and validation. And that's what the, the handbook is, is, is bringing to life. So thinking about my own background, I'm, I'm a personally a public policy and government relations guy uh, myself. And I'm wondering why is this document important for policymakers um, as they're making decisions? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, right now what we're what we're seeing in the industry is is it's like a mix of the lack of regulatory standards, but also uh, things that are currently evolving. Um, and I should note that the demonstrations and on-road testing and proven grounds that are provided by government are really helpful. Um, but what we want to see in the future are more long-lasting regulations about how AVs should be developed, what should be tested before they hit the roads, and also, you know, how they should be performing on the road. Um, so in that context, uh, as Kenny talked about, this document summarizes the best practices that we have learned by supporting um, a lot of the different OEMs on how to actually do uh, VMV of autonomous vehicles. Um, and we believe very strongly that VMV has to be a critical component for regulators um, as they build these regulatory frameworks. Uh, so the, the current way that... Um, that the regulators are are testing vehicle technologies is, uh, you know, a NHTSA official goes to a car dealership, they pick up a car, they take it to a test track, and they're doing a lot of the engineering analysis that come from uh, essentially like crash testing, um, but a lot of on-road performance as well. Um, but what happens when, you know, it's the software that's essentially driving the car? How do you test for the safety of that software rather than the physical parts that, um, you know, may have certain engineering or, or tactile characteristics, uh, but how do you how do you assure um, the safety of an actual software system? And that's really where VMV comes in. Um, so by gathering and publishing these best practices, uh, we're hoping to educate the policymakers um, as they're developing the future sort of safety framework for uh, more advanced autonomous systems um, before they actually hit the road. Um, and also, uh, you know, I, I think this is important not just for the regulators within the executive, executive branch at, at U.S. Department of Transportation, but also on the Hill as well. We've seen a couple of different efforts in, in the past five years. Um, my, the first bill that I worked on when I was on the Hill was AB Start. So I feel like I took a giant nap in that space when I went to work at the Defense Department. And, I, and then I came back and uh, not much has happened, frankly. Um, but the technology and sort of the science of TNE and BMV have, have really involved, evolved. Um, so even when I was doing uh, when I was doing my master's in mechanical engineering uh, ten years ago, and then I came to applied, I felt really sort of behind the times, or I didn't recognize a lot of the tools that that we were developing, um, you know, that were actually being taught in grad school ten years ago. So imagine for a hill staffer who, or or even um, 
from the regulatory side who are actually having to write the regulations and and uh, and the the laws that will govern how autonomous vehicles should be on the road. Um, we want to make sure that that they have access to the tools. They know um, what can be tested, what can't be tested, uh, where virtual testing comes in versus on-road or test track testing. Um, and we want to make sure that we can help them answer a lot of these open-ended questions still that are being developed um, or that are being tried, that are being figured out by industry right now. Um, and I think that's the key role that we have in industry, um, which is to sort of communicate to policymakers uh, what are the best practices that that we're seeing on our side. Yeah, we love that because, you know, from our perspective at PAVE, public education also means public sector education and policymaker education. And, and to have uh, so much of that work being done, it's uh, I think it's really critical for that regulatory environment to to evolve in a in a you know, efficient way. Um, so kind of zooming out, uh, can you just walk us through in general, the development cycle? Yeah. So if you consider the traditional product development methodology out of automotive, you typically start with first defining what the system needs to be able to do. And we call those requirements. You then design the system, uh, implement it, and then gradually increase the scope of your testing from you know, unit tests to integration tests, eventually to full system tests. If you write out what this looks like out on a whiteboard, it actually very much looks like, like a V, uh, which is why they actually call it the, the V model. And verification validation as a whole is important because you know, before you deploy any of these safety critical systems out to the public, you really want to make sure that it's functional and safe enough for you know, civilian use. And the V model is just one top-down method that's been used by at least the automotive industry for, for decades. So does this traditional approach also apply to the AV industry? So formal V&V is really what's giving autonomy programs that deep view into the capabilities of the system. And many programs mistakenly don't put enough resourcing into it until towards the end of development. And our thesis is that that's not enough. Uh, you know, it's not enough to perform that formal VNV at the very end of development. You really want to be continuously checking and rechecking, evaluating and reevaluating VNV progress every single day throughout development. You can't wait until the end. I'll use that dishwasher example again where if you're using the V model, you likely probably already know all the situations you need to cover ahead of time, and you can design for those well. So for instance, you already know all the different detergents you need to account for, different water temperatures, different dish types, different utensils, et cetera. But with autonomous systems, due to their complexity, you're never going to know everything ahead of time. You know, maybe one day you think that you're, you've solved all the cases, but then you see a kangaroo jaywalking on an intersection. You know, how would you know that ahead of time? It truly is a frontier technology. You're going to learn more about your operational design domain as you test your system. And so we really envision a world where if you're doing VNV well and earlier, your program is going to have this live snapshots into where it does well, where its weaknesses are, what new situations you're encountering out on the roads and you want to measure where you're at today because that helps to find what you need to do next. And this in turn helps everyone in the organization have a couple of you know, core benefits. 
First is all of your engineers are going to know the impact of their work. So they'll see what is improving the system and what isn't. Leadership will know what are the most highest safety critical areas they need to spend more time on as an organization. And then lastly, you can always communicate that state of safety and validation to any stakeholder so you can always be held accountable. So you brought up safety. Um, I want to focus in a little bit more closely because that is such uh, a prominent issue when it comes to AV technology, especially when it, uh, it when it comes to the public's focus on it. Can you can you talk a little bit more about uh, uh, verification and validation as it relates to safety? Sure. So the end safety of the system is obviously one of the, the end goals in this entire VNV process. And so a lot of that comes down to having safety, safety goals, safety processes in mind at every step of the journey. So that means is that, you know, your goals at the beginning should define out what are those requirements that have the safety of the end, you know, users in mind. And then all of your testing that you're doing throughout the duration of your program should be all about building up the evidence uh, that wealth of, of knowledge that really is trying to you know, demonstrate that your system is safe enough. And then that last step, of course, is going to be reporting the efforts of your VNV processes, whether it's you know, internally for everyone in the organization or externally to any regulators or the general public that really is communicating why your system has you know, successfully undergone you know, rigorous VNV and demonstrates that the system is safe enough for that use. So the two are very much, you know, you know, conjoined at the hip in that regard. So we talk so much about, about the future when it comes to the AV sector, and, and it's such a prominent part about, the, about this industry. So can you just give me a little bit of insight as to applied intuition's role as uh, AVs proliferate in the future? Yes. So our goal as a company is to make sure that virtual testing is part of any safety assurance program. And I think we've been very successful on the commercial side. So the fact that uh, most of the major OEMs already use our tools, as well as the top AV uh, startups in this space. Um, And then going into the future, uh, we want to provide these tools to government. Um, So government obviously has a responsibility uh, to ensure, to make the promise to the public that any cars that are going to be on the road are going to be safe enough. Um, and we believe, as, as I mentioned before, we believe that simulation and VMV is really at the core of this. Um, and to make sure that uh, that this will be part of any safety assurance program going forward, um, we do that through two, two ways. One is actually trying to provide those tools to government. Um, and then secondly, uh, through sort of the more traditional policy or government affairs approach, which is to make sure that any um, regulatory regime or any bills that are coming out of Congress that will include virtual testing. Um, my colleague actually sent me a really interesting report from RAND that was published a few years ago about that, uh, that talks about the importance of virtual testing. So um, they, they did a study about how many miles uh, it would take for an AV program to uh, demonstrate with a 95% confidence uh, a failure rate of just one fatality per 100 million miles. Um, And if you only rely on on on-road testing, that would actually take 8.8 billion miles, which is if you're assuming, you know, a fleet of 100 
autonomous vehicles driving 24 hours a day, every single day of the year at an average speed of 25 miles per hour, that's 400 years away. Um, so obviously we can't, looking at how we're going to assure the safety of AVs going forward, we can't just rely on on-road testing. Um, so we want to make sure that the tools uh, that will be available to government are, are the best. And um, the fact that the top OEMs uh, globally currently use our tools, um, we think that uh, we're well positioned to provide these tools and, and to inform any policy frameworks going forward. Wow. That, uh, that math right there really brings into focus how important, um, you know, testing and uh, simulation is when it comes to, uh, when it comes to really uh, rolling out this technology in the future. So, well, well thank you so much, uh, both of you for, for joining us today. I, I, I want to give another plug for the, uh, uh, applied Intuitions Verification and Validation Handbook. I, I recommend any one of our uh, our listeners to go out there and check it out because it's really I've read it. It's a it's a great publication that that describes and brings into focus a lot of what we talked about today. And thank you so much for all of our listeners as always for spending a part of your day with us. If you liked our episode, please consider subscribing to the Pavecast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at the Pave Campaign or check out our website pavecampaign.org. We have a huge library of resources and links uh, to upcoming events. We also have a link to the verification and validation handbook by Applied Intuition. Um, so check us out and uh, and tune in for future episodes. So thank you both so much and, and, and we'll see you out there on the road. Thank you for listening to the PaveCast hosted by Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. To learn more about this and other topics related to automated vehicles, visit our website at pavecampaign.org or follow us on your favorite social media at pavecampaign.